I'm Michelle Broadbent and welcome to your Business Boost podcast. Join me as I take you behind the scenes to show you what it's really like to build a successful business. I'll be sharing practical tools, advice and insights that will change the way you work. So if you're ready to boost your business and your life, let's get started with today's episode. Hello, lovely, and welcome to another Life Boost episode of the podcast. I hope that you are enjoying all of the wonderfulness of this time of year. Now, if you, for whatever reason, are not, you may be one of the multitude of people who are going through a tricky time right now. This season tends to amplify things like relationship issues and sadly, January is actually the biggest month worldwide for marriage breakdowns and divorces. This is absolutely not an episode that is going to trigger doom and gloom, that's for sure, but I am releasing it very, very deliberately at this time of year because statistically speaking, God forbid it's not you, but it could be someone very, very close to you who is experiencing a really tough time at the moment. I was one of those people five years ago, this time five years ago, I was spending my first festive season as a solo parent, separated woman. I don't know what I call myself. I wasn't divorced yet, so I I won't call myself a divorcee. I've never used that term to describe myself. But yeah, during that time, I know how important it was to find those voices, those examples of women who had gone before me, who were in the trenches, who had experienced what I was experiencing, I needed that reassurance. I needed that hope. I needed to know that everything was going to be okay, that there was life after divorce. I soaked up all their stories, whether it was written or podcast interviews or real life conversations. And I learned from what they had been going through. I found comfort in their stories. And one of the women who I happened to to stumble upon in the ensuing years was my guest today, the magnificent Catherine Mahoney. Now, Catherine is a former publicist who actually quit her own day job to follow her dream to tell stories and to write. So she's created two incredible podcasts um, and she has written a fantastically hilarious book, called Currently Between Husbands, which was published in 2022. Now, I listened to Catherine's book um, very early on, uh, right when it was published, and um, it was absolutely wonderful. And I'm so happy that she agreed to come on the podcast today to talk about her book, because she is, <laughs> she wears this badge with honor. She is an oversharer. And in this book and in our interview, she gives a very self deprecating warts and all look at her whole life, not just 
her divorce from one of Australia's most high-profile football players. Um, She talks about her early life uh, growing up in Wales. She talks about working with some of the biggest stars in the globe in her role as a publicist at Sony Music. You know, she does talk in detail about the end of her marriage um, and then what it's like to navigate life and love as a solo mum and everything in between. It is like all the high highs and the sometimes incredibly graphic (laughs) and heartbreaking lows of her life. It's a little bit like uh, the Bridget Jones's Divorce Diary. As I said, she is an oversharer and nothing is off limits in the book and in this interview. So I will warn you that there is some explicit language and yeah, we go there on a few grown up topics. So I would suggest that you listen to this with your headphones in your ears or definitely not with any little people's ears around. So if you or anyone that you care about are going through a bit of a tough time, at the moment. My wish for you is that you find hope and reassurance and a lot of laughs in Catherine's book and in our chat together today. So I'll pop a link to Catherine's book and her podcasts in the show notes. But for now, sit back, enjoy my chat with the wonderful Catherine Mahoney. So, Catherine, I read your book this year as I celebrated my fifth year post-divorce and I thought, yes, this is the book that every woman who is going through a breakup, every woman and her friends needs to read. So, can you tell us what prompted you to finally share your story? Well, taking it right back, it was two weeks before my 40th and my my birthday's Christmas Day. So, you know, it's the best time of the year, except it wasn't because the wheels fell off the, my marriage. And suddenly I was getting a divorce, not a fancy handbag for, uh, for, for Chrissy and my birthday, my 40th. And the, the sort of the preceding 12, 18 months um, were just so bumpy and so much I wasn't expecting and it was so it was uncharted territory nobody else in my immediate circle had been through a divorce and so I guess it was the book that I wish had been out when I was going through it you know I I remember walking into Burklow Books in um, in Sydney and you're hit with some fabulous self-help books you know which all have their place and time and you know and are all fabulous when that's what you need but i needed hope and i needed a laugh and i needed to i just wanted to read like the heroine's character as as me and like in that bridget jones sort of style i i wanted to laugh and cry and i wanted to know there was light at the end of the tunnel and so Obviously not at, you know, month one post of like ground zero. I didn't I didn't really want to write it then. But as I was going through it and as the tail end, I was coming out to that sort of, I guess, 18 months, two year mark it was for me, where I just was looking back at the calamity and the hilarity that had been my life. <laughs> I just it, I just went, oh, this, I have to share this. I mean, that you couldn't make some of this shit up, could you really? That hilarity and calamity is yeah. all through the story and you have shared so openly. And I, you know, I'm a sharer as well. And I, I just love how you shared 
all the rites of passage yep, that yep. we've all done, you know, those messy drunken nights, the, you know, the crying at the kindness of strangers in public, all your first, like it was, it was, it was just a beautiful blend of hilarity and heartbreak. So I'm actually fascinated how you remembered everything because I think a lot of <laughs> a lot of when I was going through it like you just sort of forget but remembering those experiences what were the ones that you learned the most from even if they might be the ones that you're cringing Gosh. at now um do you know a lot of people talk about how my memory um I sp- a good mate who's a journo for news.com a gay guy so you don't yeah. have to be a woman or divorced or any of those things to read the book he yeah. just read it and he was like did you keep journals as a kid yes like details that yes you oh my goodness yeah especially yes when you were really little and I'm yeah. like going God, I don't. but you know, actually, I, I will say, like, sometimes I remember that stuff better than the really recent stuff. I kind of block some of that out. Yeah, I, I've never kept, I mean, I kept journals as a kid, but mm-hmm. I, I sort of, I think for me, it was just, I don't know, I've just got a great memory and I do a soundtrack. There's a currently between husband's soundtrack. And so for the different stages I was writing about, I would play the music that you know that was around at the time so if it was George Michael and Wham and my first defeat (laughs) at the school disco or the blue light disco as you you guys might call it in Australia like I'd put the music on and you're right back there and you're well I wasn't allowed a puffball skirt mine was a rah-rah skirt but Mm. um so that helped with the memory the the latest stuff to do with the marriage breakdown and um you know and the the sort of ensuing kind of years I don't know I, I sort of wanted to it sort of, I guess, because it was my life, it rolled out. So I kind of knew which bits came next, and yeah. it wasn't it wasn't fiction. So it just rolled yeah. as it rolled. By the time I wrote it, I I was healed and in a great spot. But as as best friends who'd surrounded me at the time reminded me, you know, you you are falling apart. You do feel winded when you get the emails from the the you know the lawyers from the other side. All of those things, and so it was really important to put put all of those bits in and and to really talk about the death of the marriage because you know it's not like when you're 14 and someone just ditches you because they prefer your friend certainly in our case it it was a slow death there were a few breakups and back and forth um so I wanted to put that in I also really wanted to write about meeting my partner and all the love that we had and that was only possible writing it a few years post-divorce definitely and then yeah my my other sort of bits were just I guess the 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 dating the you know the bottom hair the like the the, the sort of <laughs> which <God>. is <laughs> it's like <laughs> the, the stuff you put in and then the people that you don't know it's one thing I'm a huge oversharer but obviously yeah. I'm a huge oversharer generally within yeah. the space of my my good friends or or now on various podcasts and and in columns that I write but but to then have complete strangers who've wonderfully enjoyed the book and reach out <laughs> to want to talk about bits it's like oh my god oh my god I forgot I wrote that and you've like yes. literally lived through like you know my first dry hump at kind of you know in high school right through to the last sexting with you know whoever it was it's like oh god but you sort of think well in for a penny in for a pound and who wants to read a beige book <laughs> Nobody. and it's definitely not beige it's <laughs> totally not beige and you do you, like I said you were so open about everything and I do I was thinking about that when I was reading some of these and just thinking of like the people in your 
you know, like your professional world as yeah. well. And I'm like, <laughs> what happens now when she goes to those like work functions and, and sees it? And it's like, oh, I know that. your favorite chapter of the book. <laughs> <laughs> so some of my male friends in, in the, my industry have, have, be, have said we've cherry picked chapters and we've seen that maybe some were probably not but not for us yeah. um the, the book was originally called and you'll know this because I say yes. it in in the book yeah. but and the publishers all vied for it with this it was called actually I, I don't like cricket or blowjobs um and then and then someone in sales at some point realized that maybe some of the you know some of the stores might struggle um yeah. and a friend who's a who's a, a very successful sports journo um said to me do you ever want to have a date again? Like, that's, <laughs> that's maybe let them find that out three or four months into your relationship. Let's not that that be the book title. And I thought, and I thought afterward, a lot of women like cricket, so that might put them off. You know, that, that is true. One of my best girlfriends is a cricket nut, and she loves blowjobs as well. So <laughs> oh she was. <laughs> Well, it's funny, you know, I, I spoke to a journo and I would say 99.999% of all the interviews and media I did about the book was superb and, and really fab. And this this lady's interview was great. But early in the piece, she wanted to tell me she didn't like the title currently between husbands. She was divorced, but she didn't like it. And then I said, oh, well, you know what the title was meant to be. And I told her and then she was like, yeah, I also write the cricket and I love a good gobby. Oh, <laughs> my and I, was like, I was like, okay, what did you want me to call it? Yeah. <laughs> I um I had a friend, um, I had a friend I told that to who's a journo, and she'd been out walking with Andrew Denton that yeah. day. And she said, Well, Andrew Denton thought the book's name was brilliant. So you can brilliant. tell the other lady. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, I'll I'll take Andrew Denton's like yes, thumbs yeah. up over any over, day. Over, anyone else any day oh that's so cool so out of those experiences that you shared which one do you think you learned the most from Mm, which one would I say gosh that's just my life really it's just unrolls as my life I you know I someone asked me if I would change anything and I wouldn't Mm -hmm. change a thing Mm -hmm. even the disasters even the LAX oh my god which, which was really bad I mean what I did learn was don't text and you know don't drink and text that's oh, that is a that's, very very good learning that was yeah because I remember reaching out to as, as you know you've read the book to an mm. old not even an old flame someone I used to have a crush on at high school and I hadn't probably seen since we were 17 but mm. I'd always fancied him and he'd got better with age as Facebook showed and yeah, yeah I was just one night you know too much vodka and I'd, I'd suggested that he should come to Sydney and the next morning I was like, I haven't seen this man since What am I doing? But yeah, so that was probably my biggest takeaway is, is that. And I suppose from a parenting, a shared parenting point of view, pause, always pause, like whatever comes at you. And also not just with your ex-husband, with, with anyone in that sort of, anyone that's to do with your divorce and your life unraveling, you are a bit of a raw nerve flapping in the air. Yeah. So that that kind of pause and if you can sit on an email or a text and wait for the next day like you know especially again if alcohol is involved oh yes yeah you know, that that was a real key learning for me just pause that's such good advice such good advice like just yeah don't react and it's so hard in the moment but it yeah no good ever comes from ever 
that yeah. sort of knee jerk. You you had some like a really awesome support network around mm-hmm. you. You talk about that a lot in the book. Your wonderful girlfriends and a few, you had a few good men around you as well. Yeah. So how vital is that support network? And what would you say? to women who are not so great at asking for help. That can be hard for people to say, help, I'm not doing so great. We're all terrible, I think, at asking for Mm -hmm. help. But for me, it was crucial. My family in the main lives in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, And so I needed that that sort of close network. You know, one, one bit of advice I would give someone who's in this situation is keep your friends tight. Um, You know, don't, there are, there are going to be people in your world, Facebook friends, Instagram friends, mums from school or whatever it is that, that I used to, would, I would term them and no disrespect to them, but ghouls. It's like they want to pick over your disasters. And, you know, that you, we've all got those friends that want to kind of either catastrophize things for you or dramatize where you're at. And you don't need to add any more energy to anything like that in your world because everything has changed that you knew your life has flipped. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, having those friends was vital and you know and they're they're the friends that you can drink too much at their house and pass out on their kid's bed you know they're you they're the friends that will take the call when you're ugly crying at the traffic lights with snot bubbles and you can't breathe you need those people and also look for extra help I spend a lot of time um doing different various you know counseling and psychologists sort of with my ex-husband at the time and and because of him he was very public about his bipolar so I felt I'd really delved as far into tell me about your life therapy as I wanted forward focused positivity I wanted to be armed with how to get through life and not have to see the same therapist for 20 years to talk about it I found a life coach who did energy work and she was fab. She was all about the only person you can control is yourself. Don't try and control the narrative. Just be be present and just, you know, just have that positivity even, even when you're not feeling positive. So that worked for me. But for someone else, it might be a, a more traditional psychologist. Yeah. And if ever there's a time that you need extra help, and especially as we've said, women are not good at asking for that. You know, if you want a safe space where you don't feel like you're forever putting on your parents or your, your girlfriend, it's yeah. really great to have therapy. And, and although sometimes it's costly, you know, through Medicare, there's a great sort of wellness plan, um, a mental health wellness plan. And you end up like it's it costs you half the price. That's definitely worth it for your mental health. Yeah. And get a good GP to go yeah. to, go to, to get that referral. Yeah. Absolutely. And Just go and cry at them. Yes. And yes. And they're the like, plan. okay, yes, here's she the plan. <laughs> here's the plan. Now, some people that aren't on Medicare, but were absolutely part of your, I guess, support crew, were, like you talk about the clairvoyance, the psychics, the, you know, crystals down your bra, all of that sort of thing. How did that all play like in that beautiful blend of of the support crew for you I think it was just that kind of you know I'd already dabbled I don't I dabbled in in spirituality and meditation in certain certain instance and had those yeah. kind of retreat experiences I had lots of people in my life who'd also dabbled in that world and mm-hmm. some great suggestions and mm-hmm. yet for me it was just it was excellent like the psychics and the clairvoyance they're not everyone's cup of tea but for me at a time where I was free falling and I didn't know what the future looked like it was like they gave me a little peek around the corner and it was going to be okay 
And so for me, that became part of my mental health plan. Yeah. And the, and the crystals, you know, and, and the sort of the, the happiness sprays and the tarot cut, whatever it is, they were just things that, that just helped get me through, you know, and now my friends are like, how many psychics are you running? And I'm like, well, I got seven. <laughs> um, so it's usually like, I usually talk to one every kind of, you know, month and a half or two months. And that's just how I roll. That's how I you roll. I just love it. Yeah. yeah. And it's all, you know, I think coming back to that theme too of hope, like, you know, yeah. they're, they, they're part of your hope crew, you know, and, and like, I love getting that peek around the corner. What's in store for me? What could be happening on the horizon? Uh, like I have to admit, when I first started listening to your podcast, I had I had no idea who your former husband was or anything like that because something that I think permeates out of you and it was definitely all through the book was that you are very much your own woman and always have been. You never sort of rely, and no, we shouldn't use the term wag status, mm-hmm. but you never kind of seem to rely on that. And I, But I think... For many women, when they come out of a marriage or a long-term relationship, it can be really hard to re-establish your identity. You know, who am I without that person? Who am I not being a wife? Who am I not being part of a nuclear family? Did you struggle with that as well when your marriage ended? You know, I totally did. I didn't didn't struggle with not being... Mrs. Johns and one yes. thing I did literally you know I think you know the week after we separated was changed my Instagram and Facebook back to Mahoney because I did you professionally were you Johns as well so you changed I, everything when you got I was married. always Mahoney um, okay. didn't yes. change anything when we got married and then when we okay. had our son Andrew was quite keen that we all had the same name That's which was, which was mm. fair enough but from a work point of view I always stayed Mahoney so I enjoyed I did enjoy that change the Instagram name yeah. much as I say to people do not wash your dirty laundry on social media one thing I did do was was change that so I didn't struggle with not being his partner as such because I'd very much had my own career in the media since like 2001. I'd worked at Sony Dick and then Channel 9. I worked at the NRL for a while and then Nova at Fitzy and Whipper. So I'd always been me. And lots of people in my work world still didn't know that who I was married to or my partner was. You know, it was only if there was a disaster or a crap headline and suddenly you're in the paper or the Daily Mail, they were like, oh, I didn't know you're married to him. You're like, yeah, I am. Mm. Um, So not being his partner wasn't an issue although it was funny when you'd see people who only associated you with him yeah so if you saw them in shopping centers or whatever without him you know that were in say the rugby league world yes some of them like some of the older people you'd have to go hi and then they'd look at you and you'd go oh I used to be married to and they'd be like oh my gosh sorry I didn't recognize you so I was always always thought should I have a carry carry a cardboard cutout of him for certain incidents you remember (laughs) yes I sat next to you at that black tie do terrible evening um but I did struggle with, uh, and I was surprised. I, st- I I struggled taking my engagement and wedding ring off and being at the park with Lewis because he was five and a half when we separated. So we did a lot of park time, a lot of swings time. Mm-hmm. And that I suddenly struggled. I felt like I had a neon sign over my head that said like, loser. Yeah. So, and and the word single mum, I had such an issue with. So I always call it solo mum because oh, I feel no. like that's so much more positive word um so I I struggled with that and I struggled just to hate those forms that'd be like are you married single or divorced like why do you want to know I'm divorced hence hence the book 
currently between husbands. If people say, are you married? Or, you know, and I used to hate divorce. So I'd go, I'm currently between currently husbands. between husbands. It's great. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah. that's a bit more cheery. <laughs> the weirdest thing that that trip you up, it is going to Medicare and changing a card and, and, and bursting into tears with a complete stranger because you are having to say this didn't work. And so, you know, this or... Or all of those instances where you have to go to school and ask for two meetings um, moving forward. And we have two homes now for the reports to go home mm-hmm. to. And and just that when you get invited to things and you'd feel like, you know, you were the fifth chair or the seventh chair, you know, you're always the awkward number. And, and sometimes you wouldn't even get invited to things purely on a couples and numbers sort of basis. And, yeah. and so that I struggled with because... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you you just you just don't have to deal with that as a two. No, you know? yeah, and especially I mean we're living in a similar area to to where I live here in Sydney, and it is it is very domestic nuclear family, yes. you know, and you're kind of like, oh, we're not quite sure what to do with you or where, yeah. and you know, the extremes, I think of that, you know, you've got your mates who are like, no, nah, you're coming with us and that there's always a seat for you. And then there's the the others that are just like, oh shit. And I think too, they're frightened that it's contagious. It's like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what, what if it happens to you? Well, it happened to us too. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I've things that I definitely, even now years on that I don't commit to are like mm. school fundraisers or you know school barbecue you know Pretty anywhere nice. that yeah. yeah anywhere yeah. where it's a seated situation and you're mm. like oh no you just go no I'm not even thinking about that to worry about who I might go with so so yeah I do I there are there are things and, and then there are yeah I, I think that's sort of it's it's bumpy to start and then yeah. it gets much much easier there's an empowering feeling too, especially for women who who are getting back in touch with who they are and what makes them happy, what fills their tank up and, and all of that sort of thing. You know, because I remember that for me, it came when the girls first started spending a bit of time with their dad. It was like literally just on a Saturday afternoon at first. And I used to go to the shops and just sort of walk around and go, what the hell? Like I did not know what to do with myself because I was kind of just like very disconnected from what I enjoy doing on my own in my own time. Did you did you struggle with that as well? I was on my own a lot with Lewis, even when Andrew and I were together because of the yeah. nature of his work, his work. and yes. seasons and weekends and, and nighttime stuff. So I was definitely sort of already feeling like a solo parent. So that stuff was cool it was it is definitely weird and for anyone listening going through this it is very odd when your child is not with you and we've all had those moments where we thought god I wish you could live somewhere else for a week you're annoying and I want to break (laughs) and then you get I just want to go get my nails done and go to the gym or whatever and then suddenly you have all this time to do that and you're like oh I've already had my nails done like three weeks ago and I've been to the gym and what do I do now? So you do, I always, I always say to people, you've got to fill your dance card up in those yeah. early months. Be busy when you are not with your child. Be busy. Even if you want to stay at home and cry, be busy because yeah. you can go on home and cry tired later and fall asleep. And it's say yes to everything. Yeah. I mean, rediscovering myself. I'd Luckily, I'd always stayed in the workforce, um, even just for a few days, you know, when, when Lou was, was little. So I was, I loved my job that I had when Andrew and I split working with Fitzy and Whipper was great fun. I don't think, I don't think I couldn't be doing the stuff I'm doing now if I was still with him. 
it would be a human headline. It's still a human headline in sorts human now. Headline. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, but you sort of go, it's on my terms. I'm, you know, it might be Joey's ex does blah, blah, blah. But you're yeah. like, yeah, and Joey's ex is now an author and a columnist and a podcaster and was always a publicist in her own person, but now gets to kind of go, ah, it's, if it's not your bag, that's all right. Because it's finding it's it's audience and it's people and I'm connecting with with amazing people around the world so it's yeah yes. it's kind of I'm I'm a big but like I am exactly where I'm meant to be in the world and it you, feels great yeah you are I, I, and I love I absolutely love what you're doing now let's talk about post-divorce dating um, <laughs> because you shared some brilliant stories so tell me what you've learned from being out in the wild as a oh, as a as a solo what do you call it a divorcer like what you, what a, know, lady of a certain age um <laughs> I, I look I've definitely tried a lot of food groups out there you know I've definitely I did I did try really hard to find my next husband straight away which was hilarious and which you know girlfriends were like you just need a you just need a grease and oil change yeah. let's just change what you're putting out there let's just find someone you find attractive who's clearly <laughs> just up for uh giving you a grease and oil change yeah so that that was fun um you go through all sorts I fell quite hard quite quickly for a guy that I talk about in the book and he wasn't ready and so mm -hmm. that was like heartbreak and I had another divorced friend say the same thing it's like your marriage you've really waited for the fat lady to sing like this is dead in the water and so you're going through grief of a different sort but when a relationship that is really fresh and new and you're really into suddenly ends oh my gosh it's gut-wrenching yeah like it broke my heart this you know and this was within the first 12 months of the marriage ending and I was like oh my gosh and so yeah then I bumped along in all sorts of scenarios I remember saying to my publisher oh, maybe we should take some of these out. And she was like, no, well, you can always look at that at the end. And then I remember when I was doing the audio book and I'm narrating it. to I'm read like, it out. I'm like, shit, <laughs> I never took any of these out. But yeah, you know, I, I ended up in a four-year relationship with a guy I met from Tinder. He's not talked, he's mentioned by in a line at the end of the book and not by name. He was always a very quite pri private guy. But mm. that was a four-year relationship that was fab. You know, it, it didn't work for lots of different other reasons at the end. Yeah, so I feel... Then it was kind of locked out. You know, I feel like I'm I'm really kind of ready to go again. Yes. I'm really ready to like get out there. Sounds so daggy. But it, it is strange when you're, I mean, you know, like the, the first, you oh know, the first God. nudity with someone that you don't know. The first, oh. will, the first oh. willy. It's oh. like, oh my God, I don't know this willy. Whose willy is this? But all of that, just everything. And, and there was no online dating before I met my ex-husband. No, so exactly. even just navigate, like I had to be tutored by like another, like a mum that I knew through a friend of mine. My girlfriend had told me like her success story and I was like okay right I'm ready but I need to know the lay of the land and I got her to sit with me in a cafe and basically tutor me on what to do actually like how to be, how to be. Like, online you know because it's a totally different thing than being just like out in a bar or whatever meeting randos when you you know totally, had a totally few drinks. different totally yeah. different I ended up um I, I just referred to him as single hot dad in the book yeah um who was someone I hit on at after school care um, <laughs> <laughs> try try all eventualities anyone listening don't it's not a no until you've been told no he he became like my wingman and when it came to like setting up profiles he was like yeah that photo's great Catherine but 
it just shows half of your face or like, you know, guys want to see you have a body. It doesn't have to yeah. be in a short skirt or a bikini, just, you know. And yeah. so he definitely tutored and taught me through it. And and you just have to learn your way pretty quickly and, and also be really mindful that some people might not be who they say they are. Some people might just be really good content for Friday night drinks with your girlfriends and others, you might hit the jackpot, you yeah. know? So it's just, uh, you've just got to be in it to win it. You do. And you say. just, you never know. Like, and I just think going with no expectations, yeah. you know, like, and that was what I really enjoyed was just the, I guess, like the experiment of it really. And I was not looking for a relationship at all like I was just going you know what'd you say like the grease and oil change yeah it's, uh... just, it's your annual service isn't it <laughs> I, I spoke to a healer and I love the way she put it because I was a bit like I really was ready to meet Mr. and she's like imagine you're going into a gelato shop she said you always go for your two flavors yes like, don't go for your two try all the flavors yeah like all right I think I know what this analogy means that's good Young, advice old, taller shorter funny you know and you do and you some people end up great friends of yours some people you block on social media yeah. on social media and others I've used as content so. I bet you yeah I mean you have I've heard you <laughs> sharing stories and that's what's so fun and you know th- there are there are those stories that will will just go down in history and you just you, you know where I will think oh my god like yeah. how did I get myself in that situation but um we'll be remembering all of those you know in in the nursing home when we're exactly. very very old that <laughs> just remember when we used to have sex yeah, be great <laughs> oh so last week I interviewed Lise and Sarah about their book 40 favors the brave uh, but I think that divorce favors the brave I think it gives you superpowers so I would love to know what superpowers you've developed post-divorce oh, superpowers I'm just really I'm full of hope I'm just I don't I just don't go down the fear avenue like I used to you know, and overthink things. I think there's something about sort of hitting your forties where I'm just, I really like who I am and I know I'm a good person and I know I'm not perfect. I don't know. I'm just really where I'm meant to be. I don't know my superpower. I hope my superpower is, is helping other people who are walking, you know, a little bit further behind on my path, get to the next bit and make it a bit easier. Yeah, you have. And you are like, I mean, I love how hopeful and you are such a romantic as well. I love that the thing that we have in common is our desperate love of love, actually. I'm sure, you know, we're recording this in December. It's probably on high rotation at your place already. (laughs) It is the overarching theme of the book, that hopefulness. So uh, what are you hopeful for next year, Catherine? Wow. What am I hopeful for? Love. I think I'm due a bit of love. And yeah, we're, I'm working with some people to take the book to screen. Um, <gasps> yes, which is super exciting. Oh, early days. Oh, oh, oh wow! Yeah. Oh. Overseas in America. Oh, um, who would play you? Who would well, play Catherine Mahoney? I, well, I have Emily. Of... Emily Blunt would be yes. lovely. Oh but, my yes. god! Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I think I'd be happy with Emily Blunt. Would be yes. Lovely. That's all early days, but oh that's my God. you know that's been what all the psychics have said. So oh. it's all just happening as it's meant to. And so oh. maybe I've always been told he'll either be American or be have a real tie to America. So yeah. So if I see anyone that's American, I'm like a rat. So are there pipe. any trips to America in the there is Middle of Jan? Yes. Oh my God! Oh wow! We'll <laughs> just <exciting>. uh, <laughs> stay away from uh, LA. 
LAX. LAX. I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm going. I, I literally. Dark I cannot walk into any Qantas lounge now without thinking about you. Doesn't matter. <laughs> like I haven't even been back to LA, but it's like even just in Sydney, I always think about you. If you have not read the book yet, listener, you need to, and it is one of the highlights <laughs> of, of the book. Catherine. Oh gosh, I know. I, I don't know if I'm on a wanted list. Actually, no. I've been back to LA a couple of times since then, so I'm like. <laughs> but now that now I've been welcome back. About it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so I always round out my interviews by asking my guests to recommend listeners with something that's boosted your life, whether it's been something you've watched, read, listened to, eaten, experienced. So besides your fabulous book, what would you recommend? Two things. Um, my go, my go-to movie that I started to watch just before the marriage ended, and then every time I, it's just one of those I can rewatch. Is called yes. "This Is Where I Leave You." Got... Oh, is that with like Tina Fey and, yes. and Oh my Jane God, Fonda and Oh, um, yes. so I only watched that the other weekend. Yep. I don't know how it kind of missed the radar, and it was one of those. I think it might have been you know Netflix thinks you so should it's watch on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Netflix. It was fantastic. Rose Burns in it. Oh like, my god! You know, it's just yeah, it's fabulous. It's such a good film, and oh. it will it will make you laugh out loud. Yeah. I mean, it made me cry. I mean, it's the, yeah. you know, this is where I leave you. Obviously, the beginning is you know a marriage ending, and so for me, it just. Mm. But it is such a, a stellar cast. It, it is. is so funny. I watched it almost as many times as Love Actually. Wow! Um, yeah, big call. So I, that is my first thing for some great entertainment mm. and heartfelt entertainment. Yeah. And my second thing is the Car Map. But there is a 10-minute daily meditation, and it's a Canadian guy called Jeff. If you start your morning with Jeff, like, and he always ends with, hey, thanks for meditating with me. Catch you tomorrow. <laughs> like, you just, you become like, you think Jeff is your mate. Okay. Like, he is so wise. And for yes. 10 minutes, even if you suck at meditating, yeah, you've got 10 minutes in your day, and you just start it right with Jeff. And he's really philosophical. And he talks about, you know, when you're shitty, he's just like normal, except okay. he's like a, a meditation guru. Is he and hot? Have we seen, have we seen um, Jeff? Is he, is he's, he I think he's married with children. So oh, okay. I, sort of, I was like, and also he's what? Canadian. He's not American. Yeah. So he's not mine. No, he's not. It's not. Well, it's in that region. It's in that region. I looked. I did Closer look. Closer than we are. I did look and he talks about his wife and I'm like, no, Jeff is Damn not it. my person. Jeff. But yeah, they, they would be my, they would be, I mean, I could get, yeah, there's a million no, things I love. They are great recommendations. And I second, um, this is where I leave you. And you, it's a good movie actually to watch at this time of year because it makes you feel better about your own family as well. It's like, oh, it's we're not so, as dysfunctional as them. No, it's so, yeah. oh, it's so good. Anyway, they're my tips. They're my tips. That's fabulous. Okay, so how can our listeners get more of you in their lives? Well, there's the book. I do the audio book if people prefer to listen. It's available on Audible. Um, so I quit my day job podcast that's been going for nearly three years. And then there's a Nova, not another parenting podcast pod that I do. And then I do a monthly body and soul oversharing column, which is in all of the Sunday papers or it's online when it's when it comes out. So yeah, yeah that's me. fantastic. I love that. Thank you thank so you. much. But thank you for the book. Thank, thank you, you for sharing so beautifully today. <laughs> um, I'll put links to all of those in the episode notes. But thank you so much for sharing. Lovely to come on. Thank you. Thank you.